It's Monday. Spags and I both took a bath in DFS yesterday, but we will pick up the pieces. We'll even give you some waiver wire picks. Isn't that right, Spags? Well, the important thing is whenever you get knocked off that horse, you got to get back on. So we got Monday Night Football, Colts, Ravens to talk about. We are going to do some showdown conversation, maybe even build a lineup today. We do have that week uh, week six waiver wire segment that Pete hinted at and an exciting new segment that will allow me to properly honor my Italian heritage and Pete's non-Italian heritage right after the jump. So let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And it is Monday here. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overset. Pete, we talked about it a little bit. We took our beatings, but how was the weekend besides that? You know, yeah. Uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah, it was uh, It was <laughs> terrific. Uh, yeah, no, it was fine. I, I, I was recapping DFS lineups this morning, and it was one of those kind of just shrug your shoulders. Uh, didn't have any Devonta Adams, didn't have Derrick Henry. And, you know, when the mega chalk goes off like that, and even the, I think I could have survived some of the Adams and Henry chalk um, because I did have, I did eat the Madison chalk. I did have Mike Evans. I had a lot of Mike Williams. So like I was getting my points back, but then it was the ancillary pieces. It was all the cheap chalk went off too. Fournette, Kadarius, Tony. So there was just no way I was escaping that. Even the chalk defense, the Eagles in Washington did solid. So it was just uh, a losing week when the cash game lineups are higher scored than my best tournament lineup. <laughs> Yeah, and also for me, Daniel Jones was a key part of what I was trying to do this week. And you never know with injuries, but him getting knocked out was not my favorite thing to happen in a game that could have been pretty high scoring. And of course, that Chargers-Browns game we're going to talk about in a little bit, ending up one of the highest scoring games in recent memory. But we got a lot to hit on here. First of all, let's get the plugs out of the way. This show is presented by Football Outsiders, a great place to go check out for advanced analytics, articles, content that will help you understand football better so you can make better DFS plays and bets. So go right now to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and get in there for just $5 a month to get DVOA. That's a stat they're best known for that shows how teams are performing over average in every facet of the game and also all the other stuff on there. There's lots of great ways to get smarter about football. So go right now, footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Of course, make sure if you want to be a guest on this very show, we can do that for you and give you a golden ticket if you leave us five stars and review an Apple podcast. You search Splash Play Podcast on Apple Podcasts or you just go and check the links down in the description. You can find uh, where we are posting all the episodes on there. So go leave us five stars stars and a review and i think we're due to do a drawing today to find our guests for later in the week so stay tuned if you did put a review in there you want to be on this show this week we'll be here for you to do that and make sure to follow out splash play pod and pete i know you get the notifications for the channel where you could see me sometimes bandying around with people in the comments and one guy was like yeah like you know you guys you do the follow back thing and i don't think anybody cares about it but also i love the show so i was like uh, I don't agree with your first two points, sir, but if you love the show, then I'm willing to <laughs> acquiesce a little bit. But I like that we follow people back, Pete. That's what we're about here. We care about showing little fractional amounts of love, much like the NFTs you own. And I think that's what the follow back is on at Splash Play Pod. That's what it's all about. I've noticed the YouTube commenters, not just for Splash Play, but on even some of my other videos, they're getting a little chippier lately. I think everyone's like losing in their fantasy leagues or at DFS, and they're just a little upset. I had a guy uh, who was trolling me for my thumbnail uh, photo where I was doing like the pointing. I was like, is this your first time on YouTube, bud? Like, this is how we get the clicks. Uh, it, it literally worked. You commented on my video. So uh, I applaud you for going in there and battling. The haters, I just ignore comments that I don't want to engage with, but I can always count on you, Spags, to get in there and mix it up. 
Well, it's funny too, because you can never tell when it's somebody doing the good natured ball busting that we do on the show. Cause it's hard to tell through, you know, through a chat, especially through a YouTube comment reply, or if they just like legit hate us. And sometimes I'm like either trying to win them over slash ready to, you know, try to gut them at any turn. And that's, that's the battle we have on these YouTube streets that uh, creators like Pete and I have to deal with. So we overcome it all for you guys. And we appreciate all the good folks out there who do care about the show and you show us some love. It does mean a lot, but Pete, we got some snap takes to week uh, to talk about for week five. We're going to recap some of the big performances. And I think we got to start with the Browns Chargers game 89 points scored the most since the Browns Ravens game and another 47 42 one last December Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb both over 25 fantasy points David Njoku goes for seven for 149 and a touchdown seven targets and then Mike Williams eight for 165 and two touchdowns on 16 targets and his 231 air yards were second just on the week to Devontae Adams 239 I got to tell you Pete I did not have a single share of this game and boy did that not make the afternoon fun Really? Yeah, I uh, I wish I would have stacked this up a little bit more. Uh, we did pivot one of our tilt space lineups to uh, uh, a Justin Herbert double stack, but it had like Jared Cook in it. I did have a lot of uh, Chubb, Mike Williams correlations. So I did get some pieces of this game, but clearly not enough. I mean, this was this was the game you wanted. A bunch of other games got way more hype this week than this one. And I heard, I think it was Evan Silva was kind of talking about how he could have seen this game going either way, just because these are two of the kind of smartest franchises right now, as far as some of their play calling decision, making really relying on analytics for stuff. And so you could see that game going way under, you know, those teams running the ball a lot, or you could see it, you know, uh, going shootout fashion. And that's definitely what happened. So the question I would have for you after this one, and I think it's an interesting one to ask because uh, these two teams, I did check the schedule. The Chargers and the Bills won't be playing at any point this season, but, you know, obviously the playoffs will be a different story. But uh, during the 17 games that they'll both have, they're not facing off. And the question I have for you, Pete, is which team are you more impressed by? Which team do you feel like has the better Super Bowl chance right now? I'm actually pulling up the odds just to see where everything stands to make sure as we talk through it. But I do feel like the Chargers, to me, their ability to win slow, to win um, you know, some of these other high-scoring games where this game versus Cleveland, you know, it had decent totals on the books, but you did have two teams that defensively have been pretty sound. I think I might have been more impressed by the Chargers effort and kind of how they've looked all season long with Brandon Staley also talking a little bit more about the decisions they make, you know, fighting off some people that are worried about their sack numbers in an interview I saw that went viral this week, too. We just talked about, yeah, we care about hurries and pressures, which is something that we talk about a lot on this show, too, and how that could generate uh, some points for your defenses out there when you are playing them. But just how do you feel about both those teams? If you had to pick one right now, Chargers or Bills, which one's more likely to win the AFC over the Chiefs? Yeah, uh, I feel like in general, I mean, heading into this week, I just pulled up the Super Bowl odds just because I was curious how Vegas had a handicap. Cleveland Browns plus 1,100. Chargers still down here at plus 2,000. I assume that gap gets a little closer once they re-release those, or I'm sure there's updated odds somewhere. But I, I'm i willing to side on the side of the Chargers coming into the season. I was on board with the Browns being a dark horse Super Bowl candidate, but at the end of the day, it, it takes a really, really dominant defense to be able to kind of buoy uh, a hapless passing game right now. And they really don't have much, you know, Baker's still banged up. Jarvis Landry's out. And I would rather just bet on Justin Herbert in this offense. And I think we can't discount the emergence of Mike Williams to now have him, who I truly believe is the alpha in this offense. He had 15 targets to Keenan Allen's nine. Once you add those two weapons, you have one of the best running backs in football and Herbert just always looks good. I, I'd rather side with Chargers coming out of the AFC if it's not one of the other juggernauts.
Yeah, I think relative to the odds, and you mentioned it here, I'm pulling the updated ones right now from DK Sportsbook, which has the Bills at plus 550, Chargers plus 1,600. And I think relative to the odds, I'd probably rather take that shot at the Chargers. The Bills, I think you get a little bit more, like the DVOA numbers. I know they had set a record, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, with their performance last week against Houston. You know, the defense being a thing there, as we know, as we get to closer to the playoffs, like the defense is going to be a big part of what matters. But I just think relative to the odds, like I don't know that you want to play uh, plus 550 for the Bills when you can get the Chiefs for plus 750. If you get the Chargers, for plus 1600 like that feels like a futures bet i just think there's a little bit of, of equity on whereas the bills i think maybe you're paying a bit more of a premium so kind of hard to argue with either team but definitely two teams that are going to be very firmly in the mix and and pete i guess for you too like do you think the chiefs odds should be lower i think even with them starting slow here like they still should be the number one afc team to win a super bowl i would think i would think so i i mean it is concerning two and three they're they're now banged up a little bit i saw ceh has that mcl he's gonna miss a few weeks have we gotten an update on tyreek hill's knee is he gonna be all right he shouldn't miss any games but yeah he is definitely banged up yeah so i i don't know i i'm with you though like i mean the chiefs at arrowhood in in the playoffs is still just like a very tough task for most teams and uh i don't know though i think you can certainly make the argument that the bills are the team to beat now yeah, kind of a weird game with that weather delay to an hour delay that they had to fill, which Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy and Drew Brees, I don't know if you're up for that game, Pete, but like they were reminding every minute being like, we have to fill time here. It's real tough to do an hour long show. And I'm like, welcome to our world, motherfucker. This is what we do every day. Yeah, learn how to vamp. Uh, no, I didn't make it. I had had a string of like eight nights where I had been up till 2 a.m. And I finally said, enough is enough. I'm not putting through the or sitting through this rain delay. So I went to bed at like 11 last night and, uh, and missed all of it. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to being on that life where like I have to make that choice of, boy, do I want to be miserable tomorrow and know what happened in the game? Or do I want to just go to bed and be a happy boy? And we'll find out how that turns out in about a month and a half for me. Um, Other key takeaways for the week or, or snap takes is what we're calling this. But Sam Darnold and DJ Moore crashing back down to earth in a 21-18 loss to Philly. Darnold has 177 yards and a TD with three picks. And also Moore just put up four, uh, five for 42 on seven targets. You see Chuba Hubbard have his first 100-yard day, 101 yards plus five catches. For 33 yards on six targets in the game, uh, we're really no one besides Jalen Hurts and anything for the Eagles. And, and Pete, I just feel like for me with McCaffrey coming back, you know, this performance that pretty poor against an Eagles team that has been okay from the time to time, but does feel like they should be beatable. I don't know the Panthers. I mean, I think they were the one team you could point to their success early on. did seem like it'd be hard to really rely on them to be that way moving forward. But I think the team is going to be as volatile as anybody, which is fun for the DFS part. Like as a GPP team, I think it's great, but I really did bank on DJ Moore this week. And I know he was chalk and you were like, Oh, the chalk receiver is going to be tough for him to get there. But this kind of game, Pete, I don't know that I thought it would be this bad. Yeah, it, the whole game just kind of imploded. Devonta Smith should have had a touchdown. Greg Ward got called for a holding penalty on a little slant play there at the end zone. And it, the game just never had a chance to speed up. I'm I'm more chalking this up as kind of an aberration because I do think both of these teams are going to continue to produce really good fantasy scores. Even, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Jalen Hurts in a slow game still finds a way to be fairly productive. So yeah. And I, I saw, I'm not in the weeds on defensive matchup stuff, but I have been told that Darius Slay did an incredible job on DJ Moore there. And we're just not getting much from Robbie Anderson. I mean, at this point it's, it might be time to give up the ghost on our first splash play mascot. Yeah, that hurts me. I really don't get, you know, uh, maybe there was some weird fallout from the time of the Jets with Darnold and Robbie Anderson, but they did look like that was the only guy that Darnold had a real connection with until Jameson Crowder 
came on board, but I don't know. It's a, an interesting spot here. And I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know what to expect from the Panthers as Nick's pointing out here. The Panthers old line's pretty bad. Getting CMC back will be huge. At the same time though, like getting CMC back will be important because they can't dedicate all the attention to stopping DJ Moore. but it just means that Moore is going to get less opportunity. And I really thought this would be a spot that he could end up with, you know, 15 targets and have that Devontae Adams style game, if not exactly that game. And I just don't know what to believe in. Um, another team in Philadelphia or in the Pennsylvania area, rather, Juju Smith-Schuster going to be out for the season now with a shoulder injury that's going to require surgery. Reports initially were that he had the surgery, and I guess he hasn't had it yet. Doesn't matter, though. The main thing for me this, in this game, Pete, was that Ben looked decently back, I'll say. 253 yards, two touchdowns, including a long bomb to Deontay Johnson, I think was one of the first ones from like a real non-created character on Red Zone yesterday. And also, Chase Claypool ends up 5 for 130 and a touchdown on six targets yesterday. I think the main thing for me, Pete, is like this Steelers team with no juju. I think it's a team you can start to trust a little bit more. We know the defense isn't great. We know that Najee's going to be good as long as he's healthy. We'll see what the fallout is there. But like these guys having two receivers you can really point to and Ben opening it up a little more downfield. Like this is what I hope this team would be to start the year. And instead they became, you know, king checkdown artists in a way that Ben probably hasn't been for most of his time. Yeah. I mean, this offense right now, I mean, Najee is just like a true bell cow. His usage is elite. So he's going to be in the conversation every week. And then they've basically just been cycling through which wide receiver has a big game. The offense hasn't been able to support more than one wide receiver. So I'm with you with this, uh, kind of target tree condensing without Juju. I think uh, it's very good, obviously, for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And like you said, I mean, the narrative on Big Ben coming into this season was he's cooked. I mean, I said it a million times. I was worried about his ability to throw the ball downfield. Then he's injured. You know, he has the pectoral issue and all that. And you're just like, how is this offense going to be able to function? And then he's chucking deep balls to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool yesterday. So I am a little more optimistic on this offense and probably will be pretty excited to play both Claypool and Johnson when they aren't catching a ton of ownership. Yeah, I would agree. I think just having that, as Pete mentioned, that concentrated route, you know, the opportunities being smaller for the wide receivers or, you know, bigger for them, but smaller for just who Ben's going to be targeting. Juju being the low check down guy, low A dot check down guy, I think has been not a great role for him and one that has actively hurt these guys. So kind of forcing Ben out of his comfort zone a bit more. Clearly had some decent results yesterday, even though Denver did almost sink that one out down the stretch. Uh, some big injuries. And this one's sad to me, Pete. I'm not like the biggest Saquon Barkley guy, but him hurting his ankle, it was a low ankle sprain, I guess. So it might be something that he'll only be out a few weeks, but he slammed his helmet down. Like he was real frustrated in that when I was watching uh, with the Giants versus the Cowboys. And I don't know, Pete, how your level of investment in Barkley, but I just feel like it's sad to see him get hurt again. And, and also kind of baffling for this guy who's pure muscle. We talk a lot about the thick boys in the offseason. That was a real meme that again some steam of people just pointing out the gigantic quads in these guys. And maybe it's a bad thing to have that much muscle. And I know, Pete, you're a fitness guy and like the BMI stuff, I know they've always said like, oh, it doesn't matter if you're fat or if you just have a lot of muscle. The end result is it all kind of hurts your body. And maybe that's where we're at with Saquon, where he's just got too much going on there and he can't hold up as a result. I'm obviously speculating as somebody who's not a medical doctor as Pete. Obviously, you are. Yeah, no, I am a medical doctor. It is, I guess the only pushback I would have is like, did we even get actual confirmation that he bulked up or anything in specific, I think he's just year. the usual thick boy he's been. I just think, the usual, because it is funny. I mean, most of the, I think there are some actual studies, and you see it every year of the running backs who slim down do way better than the running backs who bulk up. But I, I didn't hear anything about Saquon. It's a, it's such a bummer. Uh, I think I heard that he's now missed uh, 17 games in his career, and obviously some more are going to get tacked onto that. So he just feels like a snake bitten guy. And for all the running backs that have been drafted really early. 
uh, he was probably like the closest to justifying that pick just with what an all world talent he is. And so to, you know, not be able to watch him deliver on that is, uh, is a huge bummer. And I was, I was excited in best ball. I was, I was buying the discount on him a lot at the one, two turn with the thesis being, Hey, if he's healthy, he should be a top three pick, um, based on, you know, his skill set and profile. So it is a bummer. And, uh, you know, the Giants offense clearly needs him to be, you know, successful. So I, I worry about that team a lot. Yeah, definitely some snake bitten things there. There's some upside that we could talk about with our, our guy Kadarius Tony in a little bit, but we got to talk about Daniel Jones being knocked out. Uh, Dave Advante Booker coming in behind Barkley ends up putting up over 20 fantasy points, though driven largely by two touchdowns. He had Mike Lennon comes in for Daniel Jones, throws for 196 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Pete, with these two guys, I think you can make the case for Booker to really go heavily there in, in our waiver wire segment. Well, I guess we could debate that a little bit more coming up. But with Booker and Mike Lennon, do either of these guys you think really uh, represent, I guess, a not gigantic drop-off? Because Daniel Jones has been a monster to start the year. And if you like Mike Lennon coming in, maybe he does just feed Tony. Maybe that's the way it works. But I don't know that I have a lot of hope for this offense overall with really two big downgrade, uh, downgrades to key positions. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that Booker has going for him is uh, I do think he is going to get like near, you know, bell cow usage. We always joked about Mike Davis being 90% CMC last year. I think Booker will be 90% Barkley. He had uh, 60 snaps. He ran 30 routes. He had four targets, 16 carries. Elijah Penny was the only other person in the backfield after Saquon went down, only played six snaps, had one carry. So, I mean, that's pretty damning right there. Uh, that they feel pretty comfortable rolling with Booker. I imagine with a full week of practice, Penny might get worked in just a little bit more because they don't want to, you know, completely overtax Booker. But yeah, I, I think Booker is going to be pretty good. He's always had uh, a good skill set in the pass game. That's kind of how the Broncos used to use him when he was in Denver. So that's encouraging, I think, for that role. And I think, you know, he doesn't have a ton of juice to him. You know, he's not going to be breaking off big plays. But again, neither did Mike Davis last year, and he crushed. In, filling in, getting all those carries. So I think the volume will be there for Booker. Yeah, and I think the thing too with Booker, the rep on him for a while has been that he can pass protect. He can also be using those pass downs and, and catch some passes. So I think I agree with you. Like even 90% might be a stretch, but if you get 80% of Barkley in this role, I guess, honestly, relative to the mostly injured Saquon Barkley, you might get that real 90% for Devontae Booker. Uh, but I think he's a worthwhile play. Glennon, I think, is really more the vessel for hoping these wide receivers can have some useful weeks, but probably not a guy to bank on very much. But we'll see what the price tag is for DFS. And, and once you get a little more time to look in and dig it up and see how it looks on the fantasy optimizers out there, we can see how it goes our last knee jerk reaction slash snap takeaway we got yesterday and we have to talk about this guy Jameis winston 279 <laughs> yards four touchdowns with one interception along with six rushes for 26 yards for Jameis. and Taysom hill fortunately knocked out of that game with a concussion but uh, they did hold off washington 33 22 and pete i think if Taysom stays out this actually might be our chance to see big play Jameis. the thing that kept striking me time and time again is Jameis losing these red zone opportunities to Taysom hill Taysom hill certainly we know has always been a favorite for sean payton for these gadget kind of plays but I feel like if Jameis has a runway, he's going to chuck it. And we saw that yesterday. And I know that I would trust any receiver with him, but like a naked Jameis, I think at QB and DFS seems like a really appealing option. And same thing for fantasy. If we do know that Taysom Hill is going to miss a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I, it was, I was uh, very happy to see Marquez Calloway uh, kind of return to form. He was this preseason darling that got off to a slow start that uh, interception or sorry, Hail Mary that he caught at the end of the half was very cool. Uh, also think Deontay Harris is pretty interesting um, in this offense. Now that he's getting a little bit of work. Um, I will say 
it's still just an offense that doesn't seem to be playing too fast. They are kind of just trying to slow down. They're still running the ball a ton with Alvin Kamara there. So uh, it's a, it's an offense I have a hard time getting excited about for DFS, but I do agree with you as far as like thinking about Jameis as a skinny stack. I saw my buddy Pat Corain had a lineup yesterday where he had a Jameis, Deontay Harris, uh, stack. So some sharp people have been, uh, on this offense and it's definitely a good buy low spot when no one wants to play them. Also, Pete, um, I don't know if you could fix this while we're doing it, but apparently the show's not going to the splash play channel. I have it. Um, I had it selected. It's, okay. Yeah. I don't know why the... I just, that's yeah. Our, our guy, uh, Ross is in the chat right now asking politely while pretending to be, you can just pretend you, you that's one of our behind the scenes folks for edge sports is helping us out with getting the show up on football outsiders. But yeah, apparently it's just going to, uh, just your channel, which is fine to me, but I, I, I had it selected just completely hmm. like normal. So I'm not sure what happened there, but we can get it. Um, We can get you the file. You could upload it after. Yeah, worth want. pointing out to make sure you are subscribed to both Pete's channel and the splash play channel. Obviously, if you just want to check out splash play episodes, it's going to be easier to do that on the splash play channel, but we like having the conversation here because everybody's always hanging out on Pete's channel and engaging. So that's why uh, we do do that split that way for the way uh, we're doing things right now. Uh, but Pete actually, so I think we've covered all the main uh, reactions that I have and we have our new segment coming up next. So were there any other snap takes you had for yourself before we where we really dig deep to get into character for this one i did just want to i do have a bit of breaking news uh shake these asking when are we going to get the splash play league uh you told them that the deposit kingdom is the move for now shake these said this shit filled before seven what if i told you shake these that i literally just got the email with the updated link for this week's rake free deposit kingdom tournament and i'm pasting it in the chat so you have no excuse you are literally getting first dibs. I haven't posted this in any show notes. I haven't posted it in Discord. The link is in there. It's a 400 man this week, $4,000 in prizes, no rake. Hop in it now. It will fill by the weekend. So now is your chance to get in if you want. Yeah, go check it. And that's a rake free one. So that's one thing we talked about the other week is that if you could save money just paying the rake to these DFS sites, that's one great thing you do for yourself. Obviously, competing in a competing in a fun channel like that one or fun competition uh, coming off of Peach Channel or Slash Hours, you know, the Deposit Kingdom one is one that we're officially supporting here to throw all the muscle behind uh, the community that's building in the Discord. So make sure you are subscribed to Peach Channel as well. And uh, yeah, enjoying that tournament. The link's right there in the chat. So go check it out. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. We'll figure out what's going on with the Splash Play channel, but appreciate the heads up, guys. Um, Pete, let's do it. Let's get into character here for our new segment. And okay. I feel like we need to clarify the reason, the rationale, as I put on this, this clip-on tie that's like too small for my gigantic head and in a very embarrassing way. Um, people love the crystal ball segment, Pete. I know you retweeted it. Did you see the engagement? Like for a clip from us at this point with no, you know, no celebrity friends, no famous hosts joining the show. We had a really great engagement on the crystal ball segment. So, so maybe you know I want to say first. I, I hate watching myself back. So I retweeted that without even watching the clip. I don't even know what you posted, uh, which clip you posted, but I retweeted it for the people. So that's so that's an interesting turn there to note here, and that's why we're introducing you guys, you guys, to our new segment, which I'm calling "Welcome to the Family." And you can tell what we're going for here <laughs> with this exciting hat. Um, with and I'll say I'll do the description in my normal voice before we fully embrace the character. With Italian culture back in the mainstream, with a very mediocre Sopranos movie, The Many Saints in Newark, and beloved Italian American actor Chris Pratt voicing Mario in an upcoming movie, a uh, movie Splash Play is also here to capitalize on the. Italian Renaissance and my personal heritage to say, which guys are we most proud of welcoming to the family this week? Pete, are you ready for this segment? I am ready. I feel like it's somehow more culturally appropriate for you to be doing this impression than me. So if you are trapping me into getting canceled, uh, I'm going to take you down with me. 
All right, that is a fair one. So let's start it here. And I got to do my, was it red leather, yellow leather, red, yellow, <laughs> red leather, yellow leather? Uh, That's right. The first guy. So we, we got the family here. We got to get everybody involved. That's the first thing we say back get home. Get in here. Get in here. Us. We get the family. Let's go. Come on, everybody get in here. There's a little Chrissy here, Petey Sunshine over there. We're going to introduce some guys, induct them really to this thing of ours, this family of ours. And the first guy up, a fellow proud Italian-American just like me, Kadarius Tony. Oh, that was going to be one of mine. You're thinking, my little boy. I wanted to induct him into the family. Go ahead. You do it. You do it. So Tony, Tony's the name, 10 catches, 189 yards, 13 targets. And not only that, not only is a man on the field, not only is he getting all the gabagool on the field, he's also punching guys out, Pete. And that's the thing we like to see, a little bit of violence mixed in with just great target shares. And that's why, Pete, for me, Tone is the first guy in the family. And again, in addition to proud Italian heritage here to join me and to talk a little bit about, you know, things like mama used to make back home. I love seeing little Tony come into the family. I mean, this kid, it's been up and down, but he's a good kid. I know he tried to throw a haymaker on a man wearing a helmet, but he's a good kid, and he's balling out. I haven't seen a giant like this since Odell Beckham's. I absolutely love it. So, so Kadarius Tony, Tone, welcome to the family, Tone. I couldn't do an Italian seven without having a Tone on board. Pete, do you have a guy you want to go to, or should I just continue to go down my little list here? No, no, no. Come on. Share the love. Pass the meatballs over to your brother, Peter, okay? We got some guys I want to talk about here, all right? I'll tell you what. Up here in Buffalo, they used to never throw the ball to the tight end, okay? It was four wide. That's it every day. But my boy. Dustin Knox, I'm ready to bring him into the family, okay? I want to pass him the red wine. I want to pass him the breadsticks. This guy goes three for 117 in a tutty. I love this guy, Knox. He's a part of the familia now. And a real big goon type, a guy you could bring who's got some backup. And conveniently enough, Peter, there's a thing that you going with Dawson Knox fits my guy as well I want to have on the family. And he's been a part of the family for years. Big Every Sunday he's coming along. We're passing the gravy back and forth. We're having a good time. Josh Allen, Joshy numbers because he's hitting them right between the numbers time and time again. He storms into Kansas City, goes for 315, three TDs, 11 carries, 59 yards, and a Russian TD. And he beats Kansas City by over two scores. I mean, my own Peter. You don't do no better than that going into the Kansas City mob and such. So, Joshy Numbers, welcome to the family. Pete, you got a guy for me or what? I got a guy. I always got a guy for you. You come to me, I'll, tell, I'll hook you up. That's what we do in this family. We take care of each other. We hook you up. I got a new guy out of Chicago, Spags. I like this guy, Damian Williams. Okay? Damian Williams coming in for David Montgomery. Doesn't matter, Damian, David. The running backs, they're all fucking fungible as hell. But Damian Williams, my guy, 16 carries, 64 yards, and a TD. He gets two receptions for 20 yards. He's part of the family now, okay? It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. Once you're here, it's like Olive Garden. You're family, Damien. A lot of your references, Pete, even though you're true, Italiano, Paisan, seem to tie back to Olive Garden in a way that's very disrespectful to our culture on the day, uh, canceled holiday today that we don't reference anymore. But either way, I will say that I would say Damien's nickname, if you had to give him one, we all have that these guys' nicknames if they're going to be in the family. I'm going to call him the Omen. You know why, Pete? No, I don't. Tell me why, Specs. Because <laughs> his name is Damien, and he's bringing pure demonic things to everybody he comes across. That's Damien Williams. Speaking of, a guy I like, I like to call Jimmy from the block, James Robinson, once again, putting up 18 carries, 149 yards, and a TD, along with one catch in the game when no one else cracked 12 fantasy points. And it don't matter what Urban Meyer's doing with his guma on the sidelines. Jamie Robinson, Jimmy from the block, he's going to show up every time, get you those numbers, so keep running them out there because the Jaguars are going to lose a lot and you know how they lose run out the clock with jimmy from the block 
Hey, hey, I got I got one more for you. And I know everybody always tells me, hey, Petey, you love these tight ends. Why don't you induct a wide receiver into the family? But I'm telling you, I love these guys with tight asses. Kyle Pitts, nine receptions, 119 yards, one TD. This rookie saved his explosion for the people over in London. America did him so dirty through three weeks that he didn't even want to produce for us Americans. He goes over to London, explodes for a ton of points. I don't give a shit. If Russell Gage is out, if Calvin Ridley is out, you're if you're part of the family now, Kyle Pitts. Kyle, Kyle Pitts probably got the boost from the crystal ball segment the other day. We talked about him being a great play. Pete called it out. There he goes. He goes over to London, has the best game of his life. No coincidence there. But our last guy for me, I'm going to call him Sir Lancelot when he's in part of the family. Trey Lance starts, goes 15 for 29, 192 yards and an INT. That's not important. That's the part people will go, Trey Lance, he ain't ready. Kyle Shanahan, big Kyle over in the Bay Area. What are you doing? You got to play this guy over Jimmy Garoppolo, another proud Italiano. So either way, we're winning in there 16 rushes for Sir Lancelot P 16 rushes you know how many rushes that is for 90 yards I'll tell you how many rushes it's 16, 16. rushes it's 16 now you told me and I, I I was wondering if it was a trick question but it is actually 16 16 who would believe that's more than a dozen Pete you go you ask for a dozen canoles you know what you get you don't get 16 so in this case Sir Lancelot welcome to the family when you hear your family as we always say as proud true Italianos you know what they call a baker's dozen 13 I call an Italian dozen 16 spags because <laughs> you always get more when you're with the family that's because so and there it goes scenes <laughs> there goes our first welcome to the family how did it feel pete uh it felt awful and that's what this show is here for for you and i to feel awful and entertain people uh at 3 p.m eastern on a monday I mean, look, the main thing is that we're bringing Italian-American culture back to the forefront, and that's what matters to me here. I, I know I met, I put in the description, it bothers me to know when that Chris Pratt's the voice of Mario, and I know I wasn't submitted for casting, Pete, but I do feel like it would have been helpful to have an Italian-American, a real Italian-American, not some COVID denier like I think Chris Pratt is. I, I don't want him playing Mario. I want a guy from the block. I want James Robinson. I want Jimmy from the block playing Mario. Uh, I haven't even seen the trailer or even read anything about this. My pop culture game is so weak right now, so I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> also, my girlfriend just texted saying, love you the most, but the way I'm excited to have two floors of separation between us during a splash play recording, dot, dot, dot. So um, I, I think that means that, Pete, this is a successful bit that'll be here part of our lives every Monday. Yeah, I think uh, Lauren normally roasts me if I'm being too loud. This one might have not have uh, made... Uh, my way to her so that that's good for me worm 369 by the way saying i feel a canceling no 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 because we are in fact honoring my heritage and the, the people that i hold near and dear to my heart so if I anything canceled yeah well no you can't get canceled because you're helping me support my culture whereas like somebody critiquing us could get canceled because they're not you know they're then speaking ill of an italian person doing an italian thing Okay. All right. Thank you. Please yeah, don't no, we, we built a mousetrap here, Pete. Don't worry. You're safe. I was also, I really want to call you Petey Sunshine. I think that's a fun mobster name for you. Like, if you want to, you know, we workshop it if you want, but Petey Sunshine just works for me. What, what, what about Sunshine? Sounds like a cool mobster nickname. Well, because it's like, because, so it's not really like they would call me Chrissy or whatever. Like they called Christopher on the Sopranos Chrissy. And like, that's, okay. that's not a cool one either. It's more about like, oh, here's a thing that makes you different because you have such a, a glowing disposition and also blonde hair. You'd be Petey Sunshine.
Okay, I'll take it. Now that yeah, when so you put bad. it that way, thank yeah. you. <laughs> there you go. So now, now we all feel good about ourselves. That's what Welcome to the Family is all about. We didn't do any stereotypical hit list. No, sir. Welcome to the Family is what we're doing. But let's do the waiver wire snake draft, Pete. It's time for a real segment where we just get to be ourselves. I guess, though, some could argue maybe I was being myself in that last segment. But it's time to do our picks in snake draft format. The waivers are honestly really fertile this week. We complained last week, Pete, that it was kind of ugly. This week, we got a lot of guys to go at. And uh, because you were such a, a great sport helping me put on that segment for really for the culture i want to let you go first here who would be your first pick in our week six waiver wire snake draft yeah we have the slam dunk pick we already mentioned him devonta booker uh with saquon out for what i'm going to assume is at least a couple of weeks i think he is easily the best waiver wire pickup like we said uh other than uh, elijah penny no one in this backfield really getting any touches he does have the three down skill set being able to catch some balls so Definitely a situation where you can use your number one waiver priority, use, you know, 15 to 25% of your remaining fab, even more, I would say, if you're in a hole or really need running back help, I think Booker is a, is a very solid ad. I would agree that Booker is the choice, but I would say if you're going to go to a giant, and I know this one's going to get murkier, though Kenny Galladay also being bagged up, maybe not so much. Kadarius Tony still available in 89% of the leagues. And again, you know, in addition to being a proud Paisan, his name is Tony. How could he not be? I would say, like, I really thought there were a lot of priors for him in college that he looked like the poor man's Devonta Smith to me. And I know that became kind of the, the media trope as well. And then enough to a point where, like, other people had kind of nickel and dimed uh, Kadarius Tony a little bit coming in. But I think we saw the upside there, like, for him to put up over 30 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown and in a giant team that should be desperate tony wanted to push i mean he was pushing to play he was mad he wasn't playing now he's getting that shot i worry about Shepard coming back i worry about slayton coming back I worry about john ross honestly still looking like a viable part of that offense even though he didn't do as much yesterday but tony to me is the guy that can put up 10 targets and keep getting open and keep creating separation especially for a guy like mike lennon if he starts for a little bit here so to me tony if he's available in your league i would spend a pretty good amount if your wide receiver situation is dire he looked uh, legitimately good. He was a guy that basically most people hated as a prospect, uh, had a very weak prospect profile, but you just can't deny that he looks really, really good on the football field. And uh, we were talking about it on ship chasing too, where he's a guy I wanted to make a bet on just because there is a black box nature to who he is as this rookie um, with not a ton of production, but clearly the Giants saw something in him to take him in the first round. And that draft capital means a lot as far as how much a team is willing to give those guys opportunities early in their career. So yeah, uh, take stabs on Kadarius Tony for sure. Um, oh, I it, get one more here. Do you want to uh, make your pick that I could steal it from? No, you? <laughs> actually, I feel like there's a pretty big cliff after Booker and Tony this week. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to see where you go through so I'm actually, and I think tight end is where I could go to, uh, you know, using the Rotoviz article, looking at it again, um, which is one of the better parts of, of really Rotoviz doing a lot of great things. But Sam Wallace has put this together for everybody in tremendous depth. And that's what Pete and I pulled out that we're not playing on ESPN leagues uh, for the year. But I like tight end this week. And I think I will take the stab at David and Joku. And I know, like, I don't have the faith of him putting up numbers like yesterday, but he's been better than Austin Hooper every single game. And I, you know, Austin Hooper, like we were talking about, the money is definitely a thing there. Same thing as the Tony draft capital. But I think with Njoku playing as he is getting, you know, not as many air yards, but just being a beast, he only had like 70 air yards ended up converting that to 150 yards. Like that's an amazing outlay for a guy that we know has had the potential, but it has been injured, has had other guys come in, taking some shine at a certain point, something has to give here. And I think they have to feed Njoku more. So I'd be willing to take that stab, Pete, though. I feel like I could see you feeling differently. Yeah, uh, I don't mind that. Uh, I don't mind that at all. I think that checks out for me. Okay, so who would you want then if there's another tight end that you liked this week that did not quite pay off that's available, it seems? 
Uh, no, I, I don't, tight ends always so tough. Um, I was going to go over to Gio Bernard. Uh, he's available in 89.2% of leagues. He did get in the end zone, um, this week. The knock on Gio is the bucks aren't in a ton of negative game scripts. Uh, but I also think even in closer game scripts, he'll be used a lot more. And so this is kind of a sneaky time to, to put him back on your roster. And this is more PPR specific, but, I, this was an unusual game for the Bucs and when they just absolutely blew the doors off of Miami. So in games where it's even within a score, uh, I think Gio's going to be on the field a lot more. The team is pretty much done with Ronald Jones. And I don't think ideally in close games, they want to be giving Leonard Fournette, you know, 95% of the work. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in Gio Bernard in PPR leagues. All right. And you got one more pick here on the turn. So who would it be for it? Let's see. Maybe, maybe we will... Man, uh, this week is so gross. And to remind people, what we're trying to do is only give picks on plays that are available in 80% or more of leagues. So if there's some low-hanging fruit in your league, obviously this does not apply. I mean, last week we mentioned Jamison Crowder early on in the season. We mentioned Rondell Moore. I think those guys would be up there in the conversation. I'll give another kind of deep play, and this is with all of the injuries in Miami, uh, we saw Devontae Parker ruled out again, Will Fuller's out, and Preston Williams, who flashed early on in his career. Uh, he had 60 yards on just three receptions. To me, this is clearly just a play on this you know, wide receiver group not being healthy and Preston Williams having proved proved it in the past that he can produce. So I think Preston Williams is, is worth a flyer uh, on the off chance that Parker and Fuller continue to miss time. That was actually one guy I was thinking of too, because those guys have been banged up too. It might be back in practice this week. And even though uh, he, as we talked about in the early parts of the season, like I don't think two is that great, but I think he's better than Jacoby Brissett and has shown a little more willingness to get the ball downfield. So I think that's a pretty savvy one. And actually I'll take a play. that's kind of tied to that. And I'm surprised this guy's numbers ended up better, but I did love the one big play he had Chris Moore. I thought was really intriguing yesterday. That one will fuller S grab he had like in the literal, in the number 15 that will fuller used to wear, I thought was a better will fuller play than anything we've seen from Will Fuller and this, you know, injury stymied kind of starts of the year. But Chris Moore is a guy that people have bandied about for years since he's been on a ton of different rosters. I remember the Ravens in particular. A lot of the Ravens fans were very bullish on him, but this is a guy that can make big plays. And I do think they need somebody besides Brandon Cooks to be that guy, though Cooks is going to have better days than he had yesterday. Davis Mills is going to chuck it. I think somebody's got a benefit. And I think Brandon Cooks is definitely 1A. Chris Conley, maybe, you know, number two there. But if Chris Moore can get ahead of Chris Conley and earn his way there, I do think there's a shot here for him to be useful. And just, you know, one play isn't everything, but one play like that, like that did speak a little bit to me. Uh, yes. Wow. Anthony with the $10 tip. Thank you, sir. He says he missed the min cash line by 1.9 points because Barkley got hurt and Tony got ejected for punching someone. Wow. I'm surprised. I thought you'd be asking for $10 after missing the min cash line, but thank you, Anthony. Uh, that was very nice of you. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a Chris Moore's a, a decent uh, flyer. I'll throw another wide receiver. Do I have one more pick? Oh, yeah, you get one more, but let me take my guy. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll point this guy out. And I, to be clear, I don't love this guy. I already took a tight end, so it doesn't fit logically. But I just need to point out that I think he's a guy we're taking the shot on. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, apparently available in 99% of leagues. Like he didn't pay off this week, but we didn't know Logan Thomas is a, vi a you know, viable and valuable role in some of the softer weeks. I think we could see Ricky Seals Jones have that, that two touchdown spike week. So if you're just desperate at tight end, you don't get an Njoku, everybody else is gone. I think to me, just kind of got to plant a flag here for a guy in the fourth round that I think of our, of our waiver wire snake draft, that looks okay. And Ricky seals Jones, I think is the very definition of looking. Okay. So Pete, you can take the final pick. Yeah. 
Ricky Seals Jones, I think is uh is a good one there. I will do I'll do a Mon Ross St. Brown. Uh mm. there's just basically no one emerging in this Lions wide receiver room. And he's had 16 targets over the last two games, which is nothing to turn your nose up at. So I, I think a Mon Ross St. Brown, similar to the kind of Kadarius Tony thing, he's he doesn't have the same amount of draft capital. He's not as athletic as Kadarius Tony, but just this idea of rookies slowly getting better as the season goes along, getting more comfortable and just knowing the team does have a serious investment in him and, and clearly want him to succeed. I think that means something. So Amon Ross St. Brown, I think could have a solid uh, rest of the season. Yeah. We've talked about him. I think actually I might've taken him last week, but we've definitely talked about him being kind of the ideal check down guy for golf to start to get more comfortable with as the season goes on. Good route runner, probably a better route runner than all the, all the, all the other not guys they really have in that wide receiver room. So a uh, solid picks rounded out and, you know, up top though, I think we have to be pretty clear here. Like the top two picks there of Booker and Tony, I think are clearly guys that I think you'd agree here, Pete, right? They're, they're a cut above of everybody else we mentioned. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a pretty big drop drop off off of those two. I mean, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, when we tout him, I mean, he's like a bi-week fill-in that could be your wide receiver three or flex. Like Kadarius Tony could be a wide receiver two the rest of the season if he stops punching people. <laughs> that's well, you know, that's why he's part of the family, Pete. You got to take the good with the bad. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the man who's got to defend his fam. And that's what Kadarius Tony did. But there's your waiver wire for the week. And now we got a little extra time. So I think we can do the lineup build as well. But I think, Pete, before we do the lineup build, let's actually do our picks for ride or die. And let's review real fast how it went. And it's worth pointing out, I'm getting back on track here bit by bit. I did win the Sunday again with us. I uh, got two 10 pointers, Pete. Actually, let me pull it up to make sure I just know that I got two 10 pointers. Uh, you got bu- 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 you got one 10 pointer and our guest, John Daigle, the great at not Jay Daigle on Twitter. If you want to follow him doing great work over at NBC Sports Edge, he got roped into our game here. The only thing that came through for him was Chubba Hubbard outscoring Sam Darnold for three points. So uh, the mental warfare that you're bringing to this game this year, Pete, really, really roping in our poor innocent guests. So did we have we had none of our bunnies or three pointers hit? No, so I mean, I don't take many bunnies, as you know, these days. I, I mean, I, only I took didn't one. either, but I think I had a couple, and those all whiffed. <laughs> yeah, those all whiffed. Tajay Sharp outscoring Kyle Pitts is one of your bunnies. That didn't work out. Uh, top four scorers in the Dolphins game are Buccaneers. That didn't work out, I think, thanks to Miles Gaskin. Tim Patrick didn't outscore Cortland Sutton. Uh, Rager didn't outscore Devonta Smith. Chenault didn't outscore uh, James Robinson. So, yeah, those were your bunnies. Wolf. I did get a text from Daigle on Sunday morning to update the Silva sleep situation. He said he's awake, but he hasn't and won't watch a single snap. But the bet was he would sleep through it, score accordingly. So there you go. I did see him uh, retweet something during that game, and I was like, Silva's up, or somebody, or he's giving somebody <laughs> access to retweet things. <laughs> Either yeah. way, that's what counted for me. The rider dies, though. It's, you know, it's a game. It's a, it's a fun game here. We're not trying to do the touting thing too seriously. So let's do that here, though. This, I feel like the showdown games are the one where we really do bring something useful to the table. So, Pete, right away for me, the useful thing in this game with Indianapolis and Baltimore, 19.8 implied total here for Indianapolis, 26.8 for Baltimore. So, seven point line, uh, 46.5 point over under in this game, according to the books. Uh, Edge has it as a 43 point over under with their 100,000 simulation. So maybe a little bit of a lower scoring game, maybe a reason to play some defense or kickers uh, more than the field will. But Pete, I'm taking the first pick here and I can't avoid Marquise Brown at captain for the showdown. I think he's going to pay off one of these weeks, 116 air yards per game. Lamar leading the league in air yards. And I do think we've seen good weeks from Marquise Brown, but as long as Bateman's still out, as long as Sammy Watkins hasn't had the outlier days, I'm going to take that spin one more time with Marquise Brown as my ride or die pick. 
yeah, I like that. Uh, both of us like going with the wide receivers in captain for these showdown slates, especially on these slates where Lamar Jackson is going to be so heavily utilized in the captain spot. I think it just always naturally happens on Lamar slates. I'll do a similar line of thought as you. I'll do um, I'll do Michael Pittman Jr. in the captain mm-hmm. spot on the other side. Just hope that they're down and having to throw a lot and he's able to access a ceiling there. I've liked what I've seen. For Michael Pittman Jr. this season, I think he's clearly the number one wide receiver in that offense. So uh, that's the direction I'm going to go in. And I, I like his price as well. Yeah, Pittman actually responsible for 22% of the total yards for the Colts. So I think he's a guy that you know might not project fantastically, but is a key part of what they're doing if they do start to bubble up. And honestly, the price tag too for the slate, he's at 9K for the DK slate. So that's like, nobody's going to want to play him at that price point. And those are the kind of guys that can pay off if you do play him. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, the Sims over on RTS too. And uh, he's a guy that is showing up pretty frequently in captain, actually the second most outside of Lamar Jackson. So that kind of stood out to me. I just need to point out this chat, Pete. I think you could remove the guy in a moment, but James Taylor is back saying this show should be called the two bitch boys with a B Y. Um, and it's all in caps. And he said, screw these guys, two flakes. I think we're not fl- the one thing you could say about us. We're not flakes. We show up for every show. We do. We're actually, if anything, we do three shows a week at the exact same time. You can pretty much set your watch to it. And I would say we start within about 30 seconds of our scheduled start time every show as well. Yeah, we are the least flaky people you will find in the fantasy and betting industry. So, uh, but we appreciate the sentiment. You know, that's the main thing. You're not part of the family yet, but you know, maybe one day if you actually, if you learn how to spell bitch in a not weird way with a Y, uh, then maybe you get into the family. But Pete, let's build a lineup here because I feel like we've gotten some of the picks. And if you guys in the chat, by the way, I know we appreciate the chat sometimes in these shows because of the way the speed with which we're running through everything. We can't acknowledge everything, but if you guys have your showdown picks or some hot takes on that. Feel free to drop it in the chat. We'll do it. But Pete, if you could pull up a lineup here, let's build a lineup because we got yeah. 15 minutes and now. This new structure just gives us so much time, so much room and for activities in our in our show. <laughs> what uh, how, what kind of mood are you in for? How off the wall? Do you, is this like you want to do a, a millionaire lineup? You want to do a smaller field single entry? What are we feeling? I mean, do we have? We might have time to do both. <laughs> so let's let's start with a milli one. I think let's let's try to do that. You try know the, the cash game one's going to be easier. Like the the single entry one. Let, let's do that first, and then we can try to ramp up the difficulty and do a milli. All right, let me. Let me share here, and uh, we'll we'll pick out a contest here. Um, yeah, some big tournaments up top. It is a millionaire maker on DK today. Um, Fanduel, I don't think Fanduel's not doing a millionaire maker for the single game. I, honestly, I don't play Fanduel single game, and I feel like I probably should, but I, I just I like DK so much more. All right, we're gonna put one in this big hundred k huddle single entry. So it is a big tournament, but single entry. So twenty three thousand uh, people in this contest here. So do we think the, oh, James Taylor has another handle, Pete. He's back. (laughs) It's so funny. Like when you switch to the hand, like this guy, it's clearly the same guy using two different handles. Cause I don't think this person would use seven exclamation points as two different people. You know, what's the, the phrase in markets where they're like, the market can remain irrational longer than you can stay solvent or, or something like that. It's like, I can block you on here in a split second, uh, much more sustainably than you can continue to create new YouTube accounts. So if you want to play that game, uh, we can't. It's it's just a weird, like, I'll say the same thing I say every time. Like, if you don't like something, don't watch it, don't engage with it. Like, I don't know who you are. He doesn't, Pete probably doesn't know who you are either. And this is his channel. Like, just go, go be happy somewhere. I actually, Pete, I was thinking we should try to get Al Zeidenfeld on the show this week. I don't know if he'd be available to do it, but like, 
I did reply to one of his tweets because he was like talking about he's been getting a lot of people like really trolling him heavily. And I'm like, I don't like it doesn't hurt me. Like, I don't care. Say whatever you want. If it makes you feel better about yourself. But it's just like it's just a downer. Like th there's so many things you can be doing at any given time in the world, let alone online. And it's like, why, why hang out with people that you don't like? Just uh, why don't you just do, get, hit him with this line, Spags? You stay a fan, I'll stay the man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like the haters make me famous. That's when I came up too. I'm gonna start putting on some merch. I think. There you go. Um, oh, speaking of merch, uh, I am close to uh, getting the Splash Play merch Ooh. up on my store. So I'll uh, I'll let you guys know in the Discord uh, once that's ready. I think you know one buy you'll be getting from right here, Pete, from from a certain mobster you may know. Well, <laughs> I uh, I might be just sending you an influencer hoodie bag. So oh, just, uh, okay, yeah. wow, I didn't know I had it like that, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, but let's do our let's do our lineup here. So single entry, I feel like for a single entry, just go Lamar. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think we can. Although, I mean, I think we definitely need Lamar at least in the flex. I don't think we have to put him in captain just because at eighteen nine he is going to put a strain on the rest of what we can do, but I'm, mm. I'm open to it. I think let, let's start there just because like, he's going to be 35% owned. And I feel like in a single entry, you can beat the field with some of the, the lower owned plays elsewhere. And I just want to get that floor. And I just find it hard to believe Lamar, like he's thrown deeper more than ever. He's running as much as ever running over 10 times a game. Um, I'm willing to take that stab here. So he'd be the first one I'd go with. If you want to try to follow that up here. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get my guy that I just touted uh, for captain, but we'll get him in the flex. We'll get Michael Pittman in here. Okay, Michael Pittman. So that's a decent price tag on him. I feel like we got to start getting in. So maybe the way we'll get different with Lamar at captain is not going to the obvious Marquise Brown. Let's go the much cheaper Sammy Watkins then. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. Like you said, we are going to need to save some money here. If we are projecting the Ravens to win big, I think Naheem Hines starts to look pretty good. Uh, the Colts obviously use him a lot in passing situations when they're down. So let's go ahead and toss Naheem Hines in here. Okay, I like that. So you're pivoting off of Taylor. That seems like a pretty, pretty decent move to make for a tournament. Um, I, you know, like, let's see, we got enough money. I think who is the backup tight end in Baltimore right now? I don't think anybody besides Andrews has recorded a stat at tight end. Yeah, I mean, backup tight end would be Josh Oliver probably next at 200 bucks or Tomlinson. I think, you know, let's go, let's go uh, Latavius Murray instead. I feel like he's got kind of that, that share now. Wouldn't be shocking to see Tyson Williams be laid out once more uh, just from not, you know, him being active last game really threw me for a loop, but it does seem like they trust Murray more. So I'm willing to go to him. You're really not leaving me with much here, Spags. I you mean, get the Colts D here. Be contrarian, maybe target him for a special teamer or a pick. Oh man, this is, this is Jack real Doyle. Though. I guess, I guess we could do Jack Doyle. What is he projecting for? Yeah. Okay. All right. Jack Doyle it is, but I hate it. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you, by the way, I, because I was so frustrated with yesterday's slate that I, I spent a large portion of my afternoon slash the, uh, the late game building my own projections <laughs> just to have a frame of reference. You're disgusting. I, uh, the chat j did just remind me that, uh, Moyles, uh, Miles Boykin is coming off of IR. And I think if we have Lamar Jackson captain, um, I'd like to have a uh, double stack with him. So why don't we get, uh, we get Boykin in there. Okay, that's but that's fair. I mean, we could, I, yeah, we I could upgrade somewhere else if we want now because 3100 is a lot to leave on the table. It is, but like, what would you upgrade to? Because we can't get we can't get to um to Marquise Brown from Watkins. We can't get can you we could, get to Taylor could, from Hines? You could go up from you could go up from Latavius Murray to basically anyone you want. Oh, people are gonna play Wentz though. I don't I don't know. I mean. 
I guess for for a single entry tournament, yeah, maybe going to Wentz or Taylor would be the move then. Because then you could play Hines and Taylor, and that, honestly, that's a bill people won't play as much. Which you know, given how the Colts run, like they're likely to be dominating the offense as well. Pittman, Hines, Taylor, so a three-three. Uh, in this in this scenario, okay, this is pretty funky, but I think we can do it. Yeah, and I, and I think to me the thing that you're taking the chalk on Lamar at captain, so you got weirder with the construction. Like that's kind of thing for a single entry that I'd prefer to do, but. You know, obviously, I'm still going to always prefer a pass catcher at, at captain. But I think for that's, you know, for a single entry one, like I'm willing to ride with Lamar, especially given the fact that he is such a clear cut projection leader. Very nice. Uh, yeah. And I'll be back uh, tonight at 730 Eastern to do a showdown cram. So uh, well, I haven't got to dig in. Well, we got to build the Millie Pete. We got eight minutes. I'm squeezing every minute I can. Are you here. trying to bleed me dry here? <laughs> yes, of course. You can put it into play action, too. <laughs> I'm feeling a little stingy right now with what we're about to do. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, for, for the Millie, I think you absolutely have to go pass catcher. You know, somebody's going to have less ownership of captain than Lamar. Yeah. Let me, um, all right, let me get this pulled up here. Yeah, some of the ownership numbers out there from Osmo, just obviously go check them out. I, I worked there for years. I still use their data for a lot of the things I do for DFS Lamar. They have projected for 35% ownership. Every other player besides Carson Wentz, they have for under 10% ownership at captain on DK today. So um, you can make some different lineups today as long as you don't play Lamar at captain for the large field tournaments. Um, okay. Uh, who do you want to do here? I mean, I, this is the one where I'd go Marquise. Okay. He's also 11K for this slate. So he's more than Carson Wentz, which is they, they're the pricing they've moved around on DK is interesting, but it definitely makes this game a little bit different than it's been the last few seasons. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Marquise and Lamar. Yeah, that might be. That might be hard to fit. Uh, I'm just going to keep jamming Pittman. Also, Pete, I think the guy got another handle, Jason Smithy. Um, also, it's funny to say that we're the two biggest clowns of the business on the show where we did a bit dressing up and doing silly accents. Like, boy, you really nailed us. All right. Uh, stop giving this guy attention. Um, okay, sorry, Jason. Next up. Uh, next up, let's say, uh, bu -bu -bu. for me, I will go to... I think I would still go to Latavius Murray's way. Like I, I think okay. I do think it's hard. Like the fact that you're not going to play Lamar or we're going to potentially not play Lamar is seems like an awful idea. I do have to say, um, I mean, not, not in a tournament that has 198,000 people. I don't think it's a terrible idea, but it's still like it's yesterday's slate though, with like Mahomes where Mahomes was not good, but still got into the winning lineup in the big tournament. Hey, Spags, you get, you get three of these picks. You can pick Lamar Jackson. With well, we're not going to have enough money. I think, <laughs> Well, yeah, if you keep picking a $7,400 Latavius Murray. Fine, fine. You know, switch it to Lamar then. Switch it to Lamar. I can't, I can't in good conscience admit Lamar. All right. Then you, and then I'll go dumpster dive in yes. here. Um, let's get some, we'll get some kicker love. Uh, we'll put in Rodrigo Blankenship. Okay. No, I'd rather have the winning kicker on the winning team. Let's do Tucker. All right. Tucker there. Um, Let's see for me. Oh God, just making things up in the chat. Now. I can't, I can't take it <laughs> anyway. Um, I will say for me, I want to go real cheap here. Let me go to my projections and just see real fast. Who's if anybody's popping up as being a little undervalued. Um, oh boy. I'm going to say this is the one where you go to Jack Doyle. Okay. I just hope that there's some dink and dunk here that doesn't go to any of the good receivers. So I guess we do have Pittman. So, ugh. Um, okay. So this leaves us with 5,300. We could go, we're not going to go double tight end. We did do, we could go Duvernay. 
three of six targets last week. If people are all playing, uh, what's his face at 200 Boykin, um, maybe Duvernay is a little lost in the shuffle up at 4,800. Okay. I think that's a reasonable one. You know, uh, certainly not the sexiest pick in the world at that price tag, but man, there was a time where Devin Duvernay would just be an easy 200 bucks and maybe 800 at the top. So 4,800 for Duvernay feels outrageous. Um, yeah. Pocket QB Lamar says, uh, no love for Cox today. I, I think if you had, if we didn't have Jack Doyle, I don't, I just don't want to play two, uh, Colts tight ends there. Cox coming off the big day too. Like, I feel like he's, his ownership's going to be inflated just from that, which to me makes it like more feasible just to go to Doyle. Who's running is, I think he might be running more routes. Let me just double check that. But, um, yeah, yeah running 20 routes a game compared to 16 for Cox. Like I think, like that to me or Ali Cox, I guess that's the way we should say that. Um, I would say for me, like that's the kind of spot where you go to Doyle then at much less ownership and hope that it does pay off. Yeah. All right. What are the final plugs here, Pete? You got the showdown crime coming up in a little bit. Of course, got to do the football outsiders plug too, but, but please go ahead and tell people where they should go check you out next. Uh, yeah, I'll be back, uh, tonight, seven 30. We'll do a quick showdown cram, run the Sims, all that stuff. See what is popping after we get all of the inactive news coming in. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me tonight. I also do a first look at salaries for week six. I'm going to be doing that for Pat Mayo's channel. I'll be recording that in a bit. So you can keep an eye out for that too. And go make sure to follow at Peter Rovers at follow at Chris Bags, And make sure to go check out Football Outsiders at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Again, they're doing packages there, just $5 a month to get you all the extra data you need. They also have fantasy projections too. So it can be helpful just to average things out with some of the other sites out there. There's a lot of ways to use the things. And it's just the high-level analysis they're providing. So go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And uh, actually, well, I guess we should, uh, we, we didn't do the randomizer pick, Pete, but you want to just announce that in your Discord and pick somebody? Well, what is it? Is it the same spreadsheet that we're using that you sent me a while ago? We had a few new ones that were added, so I haven't pulled the new one. But honestly, like most of them are still going to be in that original one. All right. Let's no, let's let me we keep forgetting to do it. So let's do it. I just need you need to vamp uh, why okay. I download this for a second. All right. So Pete's going to pull up the sheet here. We'll one one randomizer drawing. And I think, um, you know, based on this chat, I could tell we have a lot of great fans out there and also some guys maybe would love to be on this show. So if you if you'll leave us five stars interview on the podcast, that's a better way to be on the show than just hanging out and chat, killing your life by spending things you don't enjoy. Um, and Josh, uh, Joshua asking the chat, we do have the Google podcast up. We mentioned that. And in fact, it might have been up the entire time. I don't know what the link is, but it's definitely up there. That much I can tell you. Yeah. Why is there still the confusion about the Google podcast? Josh, have you not been able to to find it i'm confused i yeah, thought I, I i don't know i mean i know for a fact that i'm on the back end and we have it there so it's got and somebody said that they were subscribed to google Podcasts. like we're getting downloads from google Podcasts. yeah uh all right uh, we solved this one that much i can tell you <laughs> i have almost done getting this up here uh this is to be correct spags on the show on thursday Yes, so hopefully you get a golden ticket. Hopefully you can make the show on Thursday. Of course, we are doing shows Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern, but uh, hopefully we can get the person from that wins this golden ticket right now on Thursday's show. That is the hope, in fact. Okay, all right. I got this set up here. Are we going to do what we did last time, draw two names, one as an alternate, or if they both can come on a, a head-to-head match? Well, how do we want to do that? Um, I mean, do we We did kind of like the head-to-head head a little bit more, right? That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I agree. Like Paul did a great job, but it's sort of like it's different for vibe wise. I think to have two people on competing for our love. So I would say let's let's pull two. I just want to also confirm this stream is not actually sponsored by Sephora. I am. I just in case you saw that they aren't paying us. I no, we finally it. got that big Sephora sponsorship, but I think it shows <laughs> with our looks as people are talking about. 
All right, here we go. I did, FYI, I didn't remove the uh, the names that have already won, so we're going to try to get new people on the show if you happen to win twice here. All right, here we go. It's a drawing. Pete Remember, won't read any I names don't out. say it yeah. anymore. Frankie. Oh, Frankie P. We Frank know Frankie is one of the good ones. So, Frankie, if you're hearing this, reach out to us. If not, um, well, I guess reach out to us either way. But make sure to DM the Splash Play handle or just tag us on the Discord and you can see it. I know he's on there and he's active, so hopefully we'll let oh, us Oh, yeah. Know. No, Frankie is awesome. I met Frankie in Vegas in August at a Club Top Shop meetup. Uh, mm -hmm. Very excited to have Frankie on the show. Uh, Frankie will be in touch. And do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Here we go. Got to distract myself from the incredibly cringy burns coming out. <laughs> the chat I is can't. this in the other chat because i'm not even seeing it no it's in your chat ray ennis is the same guy who's I like think I, well, he, he must be muted he also wants to be on the show too uh okay <laughs> underscore alex underscore alex i actually am not familiar with that username on hmm. but these are itunes usernames i should say so uh alex let us know i, who I don't know are. if that's i do know that i did have uh, a fake review for us, a fake positive review for us under my girlfriend's handle, but I don't think she's underscore Alex. I think she's. Oh no no! It, it, so the review has it. This is uh, Alejandro, another guy I met in Vegas. So oh. he's it, here's his review. Pete, uh, no, I don't need to read it. This is too flattering. Uh, but I will be in contact with uh, Alex. Yeah. So yeah, why we would we have something positive on the show, Pete, on the episode? <laughs> just like where the chat is being overrun by people being weird and creepy. But yes, <laughs> there are positive things out there about us. That much I can confirm. All right. Yes. No, Nick and Joshua are right. We need to, uh, we need to come up with an equally low bar to clear for the, for the Android, uh, bros, uh, to be able to get their name in the hat. Yep. So there you go. So that's make sure to do that. I mean, is there a way to pull that's easily yeah. from that's easily done from Google podcasts? Like I do have the back end. I just don't know what anything is. Yeah. I'm not sure. I will say guys, I am, uh, I guess if you don't have iTunes, I mean, I even had iTunes on my PC laptop. You can still leave reviews uh, hmm. with through iTunes, even if you're not a an Apple guy. But we'll 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 come up with something. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll try to figure it out. We don't know enough about Google Podcasts besides the fact that we exist on there and know it is there. So we appreciate all you guys for watching and hanging out. Of course, make sure to give us those five stars and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the link in the description or just by searching Splash Play Podcast on Apple Podcasts on there. Make sure to follow at Peter Arverset, follow at Chris Spags, follow at Splash Play Pod, and we will follow you back on there, even if you're obsessed with us in weird ways that horrify us. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Enjoy your days. Good luck. Hang on. Sorry, Spags. I didn't mean no. to ruin your perfect ending there. I I did come up with an idea though for okay, if you don't if you're not an itunes review do uh, a tweet and tag us and link to the show and say something about the show as a as a tweet and that will serve as as a review and then spags will have sweet sweet retweet fodder on the splash play account and we will have your information to add you to the wheel so if you can't do the itunes review do a public tweet that all of your mini followers can see and we will add you to the wheel. Does that sound good, Specs? Yeah, I think that sounds like a reasonable approach here because we're trying to make everybody happy, but definitely push more towards the five stars interview and Apple podcast because those <laughs> matter and help us trend upwards and all that. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Is Am I good now to end the show, Pete? <laughs> uh, you're good now. Stick okay. the landing. All right, we're done. Bye. Bye. <laughs>